Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Green Through. Here today with us, we have Ari Marder, who has worked in the clean tech space for a number of years and has co-founded an online catalyst organization called the Open Air Collective, which is aimed at advancing the direct air carbon capture and the broader decarbonization industry. As a result, what is direct air capture? At what stage of the business cycle is the direct air capture industry at and what are its biggest players? What can you do with the CO2 once it has been captured from the atmosphere? What role will global competition in the direct air capture space play in driving costs down for this technology? Will CO2 become an element in the future that we're going to find in our day-to-day -day products and consumption? And if so, how long until such CO2 embedded products will be delivered at scale? Tune in in today's podcast to find out the answers to these interesting questions and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Green Through. Here today we have another good friend of mine, Ari, and I think we'll just start with a brief introduction regarding you know what you've been up to, and um, we'll just take it from there with a couple of questions. Yeah, sure. Um, so I um, so I've been working in the in the clean tech space in general for uh, a little over three and a half years now uh did some work with extreme poverty before that uh started off working uh actually at a company called antenna group which is marketing and public relations for clean tech uh did business development there uh in may 2018 the co-founded the open air collective okay. uh which i'm like happy to dive into more basically yeah just there's so many people who want to make an impact fighting the climate crisis right. and we need to get carbon removal to where it needs to get to fast. Okay. Right. So how do we create a platform that empowers those people who want to make that impact to do so by pushing this industry forward? So that's open air, it's volunteers, and it's all just advancing this industry through advocacy, through research and development and kind of everything in between. Basically um, unifying like-minded individuals towards a common cause, right? Yeah, that's it. You know, and 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 getting that diversity of of thought and perspectives and experience in there. And it's just like the, the unifying feature is just good people who want to make an impact, you know. And roll up their sleeve. But how can you sort of I wouldn't say instrumentalize, but how can you, you know what I mean, have an end to the you know the resources that are shared you know what i mean like if somebody has a, a great idea or can put you in contact with somebody is there a follow-up that you can provide in terms of like tangibility that there can be you know what i mean a subsequent um stage gotcha you're saying if somebody wants like hey i have an idea to advance yeah can you put in contact with capture? somebody yeah of course it's not just like one individuals coming through in a forum there's actually a follow-up that is possible or not yeah yeah absolutely yeah i mean that's so for each of our different areas, right? So we have, let's take, here's a perfect example. So advocacy, right? right. So our goal there is to get, we're based in the US, but we have people for internationally, but I'll just use an example of, of more US-based stuff. Um, so we started off with this bill that's all around low carbon concrete, right? And it's a procurement bill, basically on a high level, concrete is, a major emitter, right? Like cement alone is 8% of all the world's emissions. And it's really hard to decarbonize. So we have a bill that says, basically when New York state buys concrete, right. and they buy more concrete than anybody else in the state, course, right? For yeah. all your public works and stuff, right? right? So when they're buying it, basically right now, it's just, all right, whoever the whoever's gonna come in and say, my concrete is the cheapest, 
that's right. who wins the bid, right? Okay. And by the way, because it's, it's confusing, cement is a part of a concrete. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that's normally how it works. The bill basically says, and the numbers aren't exact, but just to get the idea of it, right? It says, so it's basically low. Whoever comes in and says and says we'll sell it to you for the lowest amount. So, basically, what all the bill says is when those companies are putting together the concrete, they go through, it's called environmental, the, the names don't matter as much. Basically, you get a calculated number called the global warming potential of just basically what your carbon footprint is of this concrete. Right. And whoever right. is going to be the most sustainable of those concretes, New York will basically pretend you're like 5% cheaper than you really are. Right. And if you're okay. the second most, then, then you'll be like 3%, right? Okay, okay, okay. And if you have carbon, if you capture CO2 from the sky, and you, right. sorry, I cut you off the brother. It, if you capture CO2 from the sky and you turn it into concrete, you mineralize it in, which is crazy that you can do that, right? But right. It's, the greenhouse gases are gone forever now that's captured, and you're taking up space in the concrete that used to be taken up by cement, but it's Fine. a lot of emissions, right, and, right. Then, and it makes the concrete stronger. So if you do that, then um, New York will say you're additionally 2% cheaper, basically. Okay. So that's... Sorry, I don't want to dive into the details. No, no, no that, that's, that's, a, that's a perfect example because I think you're unifying also. So this is happening in, in New York at the minute, or no? Or yeah, you a whole bunch of sponsors. Okay, 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 okay. And um, that's great then because, you know, and because uh, I'm also going to, you know, I'm looking to have somebody on to also visit the construction site because it's such a, a polluting site yeah, of it's how crazy. we do things. And, uh, yeah. and, and doing more research, I was actually, you know, sort of distraught by the role that sand has in all of this and, and oh, yeah there's a global crisis and you know what i mean it feeds into the loop of um, um developing economies and you know what i mean the, it, yeah it, there's ever a conversation that just spirals on but i wanted to ask you you you're also guys involved with the rare direct air capture right with uh, with the with the mission explain what it is and you know for the average person the, um, where we at basically with it absolutely yeah i will say just quickly on that last point so right. like for that that bill that we got proposed that was started by one of the co-founders okay. but then from there there's a whole bunch of some people came in and were like i want to get a similar bill going in my state and they just led the charge with it and now it's we have volunteers have gotten this bill ready to be proposed and i i could can, i don't know if i can mention the exact state check course, not course, a there, let's just say another state yeah four different states right now and there are people who have got an entirely different legislation proposed in their own cities and these aren't people who like come in with an advocacy background you know right. some of these people are like sustainability officers at their university some of them are like college graduates who just like want to learn more right. and have an idea and then the people who have more experience in the teams work together with them to formulate that idea to enable it so this is all to say you, there's opportunities. What we try to do is empower people to, whether you have an idea or not, to get involved and make that impact. And if you have an idea, to find people who can actually enable that, whether that's through connections with, with the people in the space or with the other, like we basically, we try to make it happen. I mean, look at this um, direct example with us, right? Through air miners, you know, we yeah, got contact and uh, now we're here. So I think that goes to show that the power of community and the ripple effect arising from it is it's boundless, right? As we were saying before, before this chat and uh, I mean yeah I mean it's great from from that point of view and I hope you know this is just the beginning for your foundation and it just goes further 
and um yeah from so from direct air capture perspective yeah from, sorry. because it's uh, everybody's talking about it and i think it'll be great to you know shed some light uh, on it for the average person who might not be directly aware of what it is yeah okay so direct air capture so basically and about it's its own conversation if it's not a great term right right because it's, <laughs> it's not really it's only clear what it is when you're already talking about carbon removal right okay. so, like so we even call it direct air carbon capture so it's even like okay. a little bit clearer right but Basically, the idea is you're sucking greenhouse gases out of the sky, right? Which okay. like sounds crazy, but think of like a dehumidifier, right? right? You have a dehumidifier. Basically, air comes into the dehumidifier. You got something inside the dehumidifier that catches the water and the air, and then the rest of the air gets blown out. So you're dehumidifying. You put a dehumidifier in the room. It's just taking the water out of the air and putting the rest of the air back out. Direct air capture is basically the same thing, except instead of capturing the water out of the air, you're capturing the CO2 out of the air. Okay. Right. So that's that's the idea of that's direct air capture. Right. Um, so there's, remember, there's, they don't have to get into the details of like the different ways they do it, but that's, that's basically what it is. And then there's its own separate thing of once you have the CO2, what do you do with it? And there's a Precisely. lot of really cool things you can do with it. Um, but that's, that's what direct air capture kind of is overall. And um, which is great, but it, I was reading on it on, on a book of carbon capture, which I also posted a summary on the website, which is like, it's very dilute, right? So it's, um, yeah, with the, according to the Sherwood plot, right? You require more energy in terms of an energy feed to isolate the, the, the stream that you want, right? In the stream, sorry. Yeah, I mean, like for any of this stuff, right? Like you need, to your point, right? You think it's 0.04% of the air Jesus, is co2 okay. right like okay. it's really not a lot um which is why in the short term there's definitely other advantages to something like capturing greenhouse gases from let's say a smokestack at a industrial plant which would have like 80 percent co2 or Perfect. even 100 so um there's different levels and the answer is you need both of those things right like at an industrial plant you're prevent you're catching the emissions before they go up right Perfect. so that's carbon neutral okay um but when you're sucking the ones out of the air that already are there, then it's that's carbon actually negative. carbon negative, right? You're basically just sucking climate change out of the sky, Perfect. right? That's not like a scientific term, but like that's no, a principle no, there, Perfect. right? Yeah. Um, how do you power the, those, you need renewable energy, right? Or... It need, it, this won't, it doesn't make any sense to do this if it's not renewables, right? Like otherwise, this, why would you be doing it in the first place? Yeah, then you're not helping anything. If you have a fossil fuel powered DAC machine that is, powering sucking co2 out of the air then you are making a net negative like a net positive but really bad impact on the environment right okay perfect so uh, where are we at with the uh, with the dac because um yeah you know like is it scalable or is it still very expensive you know just a bit of shed a bit yeah. of light on the on the matter if possible no great question so there are right now there are like three there's like a big three direct air capture companies right so they're called Carbon Engineering, Climeworks, Global Thermostat. Uh, Climeworks is in Switzerland. Carbon Engineering is British in Canada, British Columbia. Um, and then Global Thermostat, which is based in New York. Uh, those are kind of like the, the three early players in this space. Um, Climeworks is already now has a facility. I mean, you're not talking like gigantic, like massive utility scale, but you could go online right now and buy and like buy credits from Climeworks, right? And basically okay. what they'll do is, it's one of the things you can do when you capture the CO2, which is kind of crazy you can do this. 
you bury it. Sorry if I'm giving too much info here. Uh, this is what we're here for. All right, cool. So let's stop me. Stop me if I'm going down a rabbit hole. No, too deep don't here. be sitting. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> All right, good. So basically, so you can take the CO2 and you bury it under certain rock formations. Perfect. And within two years, that CO2 will turn into limestone. It'll turn into a solid. Perfect. And it's gone. Like there's no escaping whatever. Like once you're a rock, you're a rock, right? Okay. Rocks don't evaporate in that sense. Right. Um, now maybe they do in some minor capacity <laughs> or whatever, but they're the most part there. So you can go online right now and say, hey, Climeworks, I want to remove, like I think I offset, I, I caused 50 kilo of emissions. Go right now and just take that emission from the air, bury it underground, it'll be gone forever. Right, so that that's operating right now. So this isn't like a like a pie in the sky idea. Like it's there. Okay. Carbon engineer. Admittedly, it's more expensive still because it's it's still early, right? Okay. okay. So like it's definitely cheaper to offset your emissions from a traditional offset, but there's certain advantages that would come from removal, right? There's less questions around. For example, all right, I'm not cutting down this forest. I'll just cut down another one potentially. Perfect. Or like, okay, do we okay, know okay. how permanent? Right? I don't know. It's all conversation. Um, but to go back to what's, what stage this industry is at. Right. Um, so carbon engineering right now, they're building a 100 million ton per year capture um, plant in Texas. Okay. Um, it was going to be half a million. And then they got so much momentum that they doubled it. Oh. Um, a and like major, like the biggest companies in the world are investing in this. Okay. Um, like names that we would all know. Um, right. And then... Global thermostat is a little bit more in the background of what their stages, but they're also moving. So that's like version one of this tech. Of course. And then what's now emerging is there are these companies that are kind of in the shadows that are getting surprisingly close to levels of scaling and commercializing that are much more modular and smaller scale. Of course. Um, and there's a lot of advantages that come to that model, right? Now, so even within the big three, like some of them are more scalable than others. Um, but having that modularity allows you to operate at a lot of different scales, which Perfect. is going to be critical for the industry. Um, yeah, but, I, but there's definitely, the industry definitely right now is at a tipping point where it needs more capital flowing into it. And more competition. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's but, but what I wanted to ask you is like how, like, for example, if, you know, I'm Ari and I want to come up, you know, I have this idea for DAC and, uh, you know what I mean? I've got X, X, Y, Z of years in this background and I have this idea, right? Because um, I was reading, um, uh, it's funny you mentioned Global Thermostat, but, you know, I, I read Priscilla uh, Chichenilsky's um, yeah. book on reverse climate change and it's great, right? It's just amazing. And then it's not all gold, everything that shines, right? Because you actually go look into the actual economics of DAC. It's, I wouldn't say ambitious, but there's a lot of um, controversial opinions about it. So I wanted to ask you is that, um, where are we, do the, do the top three have patented technologies that the other ones, you know, can't abide to? Or is it sort of like a Tesla style where, you know, this is the blueprint, we share it, can you get there? Or, um, you know, just how can the new players actually, you know what I mean, have a, a, a foot entry? In, in the field mm. you're saying in terms of like the ip intellectual no, property in ter- yeah in terms of like can i as a new player have the same technology that global thermostat has or is it patented and you know i mean i need to approach the dac problem from a different standpoint in terms of engineering and logistics um i mean 
look, the, the, the main companies in the space definitely have patents on their tech. Right. Um, but there are plenty of other direct air capture companies that are emerging that also have Perfect. patent on their tech. Right. So it's not like they're like, no one's, it's not like, it's a patent on like the equivalent of like your, like maybe it's a patent, like if you're talking solar, it could be a patent on like your kind of module, but it's not a patent on solar energy. You know what Perfect. I mean? Understood, understood, understood. So, um, and uh, if you, sorry, before interrupting, you touched upon no, the, diff the different scales of DAC, right? So, yeah. and it's also about the feed. So I was just saying yeah. is like, can DAC be, you know what I mean? A remote, just like a, a close near urban centers reality, or you know what I mean? Where would you have a DAC yeah. facility? Such a good question. So we mentioned before, like there's advantages when you compare direct air DAC which by direct air capture, carbon capture is DAC. It's right. a superviation, DAC, yeah. right? Um, so I know you're saying that, but just yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So the disadvantage of like direct air capture versus a smokestack is, right, smokestack, there's such a higher concentration of CO2, right? The advantage, there's multiple advantages, but one of the big ones, which is kind of, kind of the heart of what you were just asking is you could put it anywhere. Okay. You know, like it's, you could, put a small scale direct air capture machine in your backyard and use it to fill up your soda stream. If the CO2 is pure enough, you know, like that's like one of like our things, like that's one of the things we'd love to even have at open air when we build these open source direct air capture machines like that. Right. So there's the availability of the, to put this anywhere you want kind of makes it like a unique, okay. you can put this on, an, on a rooftop. You can put it on a, on a smoke. So I can put it anywhere. Okay, so the, the key is the feed for the for the modular um, DAC station to actually operate, right? What do you mean by the feed? No, as in you need to have the energy to, of course, to... Oh, power, yes, you like energy feed. Yes, for sure. But on the smaller scale ones, ideally, you don't need to have like... A, you're not talking megawatts, right? Okay. So it's... It's normal. But even that's... At a Sorry, residential yeah. level, at a, as, a, as a residential level, you could have it, you know, as you said, in your, in your back garden, if you, you know, I mean, you can have an electric feed, then it's fine. Yeah, but I, I, got, I, should, I should clarify also, like, it's that the residential level direct air capture, that is not out there yet. Of course, right? of course, like of course. This but is thought-provoking content, of course. Right, but ideally, yeah, it would not, and, and that's also, like, as stuff like this grows, like, part of the lowering the price point on this and, and the technological advancement is the that energy efficiency piece right so that it's like the lowering the, the amount of energy needed even if it is renewables more and more okay so and also you touched upon the you know what i mean the regulatory um light oh, yeah. of um in terms of uptake and uh, i wanted to ask you you know um, where are we at in terms of you know in support for these uh, sort of technologies is it recognized is it falling under a bigger umbrella it's you know what I mean? At least from a U.S. standpoint, because of course I know that's your reality. Yeah. So it's actually a really interesting question. So this, even during the past U.S. administration, but the carbon removal, carbon capture, whatever term you want to use, has kind of been because America, right? Like there's like really just two parties, right? And almost everything is like is every almost everything is partisan. So it's like either this party likes it or this one does. Okay. Carbon removal, carbon capture, which direct air capture falls within, right, has managed to be like seemingly the only Unifier. or one of the only. Yeah, like it's everyone loves it, right? You'll yeah. have because it's, I mean, even on the extremes, right? Like 
when Trump would talk about like clean coal or whatever, like that's by capturing the emissions before they go up, right? Like, and right. again, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not making a pitch for clean coal per se, but it's of course, of it, course, it's a version of but, right. It's like it's so there's a lot of so like one of the biggest invest states that invest in carbon capture is Wyoming, and that's Wyoming is like the giant coal state, right? So, um, but there's already legislation right now on the federal level in America that is like major tax incentives for capturing um, and using the greenhouse gases that you capture. Um, and there's legislation already that's been proposed that like dramatically bumps it up. Um, so I guess, sorry, without getting too into the weeds with it, basically on the federal level and on the state and local level, the, the, the you're not running into a, a huge amount of opposition, right? And it's about, educating people about this in general and then getting the ball moving on i'm getting more of this going on on those different levels to enable it perfect and i think in your humble opinion right do you think that the tech is there and we're just missing the right channeling of the incentives in order to you know uh, boost its uptake or is more r&d needed you know to you know what i mean render it more efficient at scale and to lower the green premium compared to, you know what I mean, other alternatives. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a mix of both, right? It's almost okay. like, like look at look at solar, right? Which okay. is a really great comparison. So like solar, like solar existed, right? Like the tech was there, right? And what got it to take off was Germany, basically, which is, again, by the way, not, there are sunnier countries in the world than Germany, right? right? But basically, this Germany created these tax incentives, right? basically, to make it profitable in the short term. And being profitable in the short term allowed the capital to flow into it so it can scale and fall, go, fall down that cost curve, right? So, I mean, look, like, Every the oil and gas industry today in America is still gets a load of tax incentives, right? Like those always help the economic case. Um, so is this like does the tech exist in the same way that like the solar tech existed and just needed to like get that kick in the butt to 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 hit that next level? Yes. Like do it will I say this is it's at the same stage as solar is now? No, because like solar's had however many years having after that kick in the butt to hit those next levels so that, i would say that's where we're at now like this is a this tech is real but it's it needs the boost to get to where it needs to be perfect i mean this is very promising right so i think uh, we'll see how it goes but i think in terms of you know the kick that you mentioned do you think that because it's funny that you mentioned solar, but um, also China played a, a key role in the cost reduction, right? Because they, oh, yeah. they sponsored the, so I don't know, X amount of megawatts at scale. Uh, and you know how they do due to the sheer size of their population and the country, they can yeah, they choose something. They can truly um, drive costs down by um, boosting economies of scale. Do you think that, um, you know what I mean? A global competition can play such a function in the development of DAC as well or no? Yeah, man. And I mean, look, like even talking about China, like Chinese manufacturing is what makes the cost work for renewables in the past. Where like the fact that we're now seeing in the past two, three years, solar become cheaper than coal in a lot of areas is like that doesn't happen without Chinese manufacturing. Right. So definitely global competition will play a role 
in in this at the I don't know if we're at the stage yet where it's like all we need is a global competition to get there. There's it's still right now like the commercialization step. Um, China is interesting. I, I would definitely clarify I'm not an expert on it. From what I understand, though, there on the one hand you're not seeing like I I don't, I'm not aware of. I know of only one or two companies that are in this direct air capture space in China. Um, but the Chinese government is definitely like. From what I should say, definitely. From what I understand, right, they are pro this tech, and there are things in the works to help enable its growth in China. Um, and I would leave it at that, not only because I don't know if I can share all the details, but really because I don't know all the details. Of but course, of course. on a high level, global competition will absolutely be big. I think on on taking this to the next level. Okay, so I think it's already promising. Saying that the tech is there, it's just a matter of you know orchestrating the right. Um, let's just say level playing field so you know that each state in the u.s because it's funny from i always look at the u.s right because it's quite um, an interesting field because uh, an interesting food for thought for you know i mean uptake or rejection of whatever technology because for example like when trump got elected in so 2015 paris agreement then 26 uh, 2016 uh, trump comes in but then of course a lot of um, cities were undeterred and then california took a leading role so yeah um it shows resilient uh, resilience also at a more localized scale and i wanted to ask you do you think that um just in carbon capture in general that um there will be also like a decentralization um, playing a factor mm. in that way as well, or no? It's an interesting question. You're talking about from a political standpoint, you mean? No, it's in that anybody can make a difference, right? So, for example, when Trump um, pulled the US out of as a country, right? Um, then the that, cities and the states stepped up. Yeah, for example, and Bloomberg founded. I forgot the the, 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 yeah. the acronym of the of the task force pulling together mayors. You know, London, for example, is a signatory, which I know that for a fact. And sure. I just wanted to ask you, you know, what role. Uh, at a more localized scale, you know what I mean? Cities can play on carbon capture, or you know what I mean? Because yeah. cities are key, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, and this kind of gets to the part which we didn't like touch on so much, but like what you actually do with okay. the CO2 when you capture it. Perfect. Um, because there's a lot that cities can be doing to enable this, right? Like this is, For there's example? a few things. Yeah, sure, right? So I mean, like that Billy mentioned earlier, right? So like, that's on the state level, but there are also a bunch of cities and, and towns and villages that have gotten, that have passed legislation on sustainable concrete and that include these carbon removal incentives in there, right? And, they, or, and sometimes it's just as, much, or as simple as a pledge. Um, we actually have a website where like that, that helps enable cities and towns get involved in the, on that stuff that I'm going to get in trouble for not remembering the name of, but I, I'll, I'll set it to you afterwards. Put it in the, whatever the description if you want. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now, carbon to concrete is is definitely like the big a, Yeah, because it's it's permanent sequestration, right? There's like, you can turn it into fuels also. So like, there's a, already an economic case, for example, to capture the CO2, turn it into a fuel, which like carbon engineering, one of those big three direct air capture companies can do. And then California has their low carbon fuel standard and the low carbon fuel standard, or it's a lot of niche, basically like it becomes financially viable to sell it there. So Perfect. those can be low carbon fuel standards are probably not going to be as practical on like a small town level. Um, 
but there's plenty of, there's other ways you can be incentivizing businesses to start putting their money towards this right or you can be sustainable in general right whether it's setting a threshold on on needing to be x sustainable right or like x with that global warming potential number um or saying we'll start buying specifically from companies that are this sustainable or use this technology or we'll start taxing people who go below it or we'll give you other incentives and benefits if you're above like there's there's different ways to go about it like i i don't know if that was too general no no, no it's, it's great but i think from a more granular standpoint right regarding the the sequestration for concrete how does it work so like for example you you suck this is for yeah. dummies right so you suck um or at least you yes. process air from the atmosphere yes. through your duct station and then right. you, you isolate the co2 how like how does it work in terms of actually then putting into concrete like what's the this do you inject yeah. it or so there's a few different ways and by the way i should clarify like think of carbon removal almost as like there's two sides there's how you capture the greenhouse gases and then what you do with them Perfect. right and they're not automatically and you can mix and match so so you have companies who are turning the captured greenhouse gases into concrete and sometimes they'll get that greenhouse gases from DAC, from the air, and sometimes they'll get it from a smokestack, right? Okay, it doesn't matter because greenhouse gas is greenhouse gas. Right. Um, so there's a few different companies that are turning the greenhouse gas into concrete, and they all kind of use different systems. On a high level, you're either straight up injecting it, or you're mineralizing it into a solid, or you're turning it into a solid and you're actually coating some of the other stuff's called aggregate but like some of like the glass and sand whatever like the other stuff that goes into concrete you're coating that aggregate and if that's not a perfect example and there's techno people who are like that's actually wrong that's at least the idea of right course. like you're of course, of course. but it's, it's finding different ways to get the make the concrete like to to turn the solid version of that co2 into a part of the concrete mix that's and great. take up the the cement space at the same time. Understood. And in terms of the actual rendering and the performance of the, let's just call it the CO2 concrete, how does it compare to like a normal um, concrete? Is it as performant? Is it as reliable? Does it it's better. It's stronger. Concrete really? becomes stronger when you, yeah, it's it's stronger concrete. Okay. As a result, okay. Can you explain? Because it, it, it is it more durable or yeah. Like the, it's, it's, it's durable, more like stronger concrete. Like your, your building is more durable when it's got mineralized CO2 into it and then using your typical concrete. Okay. So that's, that's just amazing. So, I mean, it's just a matter of, so I, I can't see why for new builds, um, you wouldn't, you know what I mean? Um, resort to such an option if it makes sense, right. From an economic standpoint going forward. Right. Well, that's, that's the rub, right. It's got to it's not yet at a scale where it's going to be equal price, like making, like, you know what I mean? Like it sort of depends on how much you inject versus whatever, course, but course, it's course, right. Course. But it's, it's getting to the scale where that price point makes sense. Um, but the more these companies invest in it, the cheaper it gets to strengthen your concrete with it. But there are entire buildings that exist right now that are made from, that are made with this captured and mineralized CO2. Perfect. This is, no, because it, it's crazy, right? Because it's not just like a distant 
um, you know, um, utopia, it's it's actually happening. So um, it, it, it's it's real. It, it's refreshing to hear, you know what I mean, from somebody who's involved in the field, the firsthand experience. Dude, that's the that's the dream. That the ultimate the the ceiling for this space is an economy where because you can do like we talk about concrete but like you can turn take the co2 and you can turn it into plastics or shoes like you can turn like there's a company that takes co2 and like makes like really high quality vodka that you can buy right now right like you can what? it's called the airco check them out they're sick um really That's good crazy. guys that run it yeah i was just like guys good people that run it um yeah they're amazing like it like there's a i mean you could have a world in which like your limestone countertop, the toothpaste you you brush your teeth with, the shoes, the clothes, the rubber of your car, the concrete on your driveway, your entire world, every product you buy, the watch you wear, it's all made from captured greenhouse gases to the point if it's all renewably powered and it's efficient enough that consumerism becomes carbon negative. That uh, even when you factor in the transportation costs into that mix, it is a net benefit for the planet. And at that point, then you, we're as we're set, right? As yeah, long as you, you, you don't look yeah. at it as an expense anymore, but as a resource, right? So um, exactly that's the whole. But in terms of like feasibility, are we just lacking the economics? So for, as you said, right, synthesizing because we're lo you're looking at chemical reaction, not chemical reactions, but at a at a at a um, composites level, you can isolate CO2 and put in a, sh in a sh that's all feasible, right? Yes. Yeah, there are companies that are doing all this stuff right now. It's about, it's, it's, it exists and then it's about making it feasible at scale. And commercially and, viable. Exactly. So, right. okay, so this is a positive feedback loop in the sense that, okay, so oh, I understand right, right now, okay, the more I'm thinking about it, the why it makes sense because if, so as you said, if you um, sort of augment and enhance the use of the CO2, then they will also make the actual sucking of CO2 out of the atmosphere cheaper, right? So the Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and then you get added tax incentives and benefits on top of that, and now you start getting a real super viable model there. Okay, and uh, do you think that, obviously this is your, in your honest opinion, do you think yeah. what terms of horizon are we looking at to, I wouldn't say to say, um, that CO2 will necessarily become, you know, the next most so after, um, when say commodity, but, um, you know, feed in uh, uh, input, but um, where, you know what I mean? What do you think about DAC in the future? And um, I think that will be a good concluding point for you. You know, how do you see it in the next, because there's always a race against time, right? And uh, yes. that, can, that can sometimes uh, sort of create too skewed expectations or expedite yeah. um, things too soon. Yeah. So look, these next few years are going to be critical, right? Like if you, like when you look at these models and the rest, like if you don't, if we don't get on this ASAP, like the, the pace will have to, I think the numbers, I could be wrong, but like, I think it was like, if we don't start scaling this now, if we wait like five years or 10, like you'll have to double the speed, right? Like it's to hit where you want a 25th, like it's really exponential. Um, I'll give a qualified answer to that. Okay. We're we're already starting to see a major focus shift in how corporates and investors and government is viewing this industry, right? 
whether it's the general corporate sustainability thing, right? Like literally one in every five Fortune 500 now is a net zero pledge, all this, right, which is great as long as they act on it. Um, and, and you're seeing whether it's Microsoft who has a billion dollar carbon removal fund or Stripe and Shopify and some of these other companies that are, that are now making these basically saying, I, we realize that this tech needs to scale. And while yes, we could just use offsets to get to net zero, we're willing to in the short term pay a higher price per ton in order to get these projects just out there so that they can become that cheap, right? Uh-huh. So as long as that takes off, it continues to flow in it and more and more investors start following on the corporate and regular side of things, then, then well, I think we'll get there, you know? And I think the, there's the industrial sale right now. And then as this grows, being able to get more residential, get more consumer facing, right? Like get more products that you can buy as an everyday person from this. And there's a need for like people want to get involved. To, yeah. So like enable it, right? Like you're not, I'm not a company and I don't have, I can't put solar on my roof. What the hell do I do? Oh, I can buy a product that's actively sucking. That is a net positive for the planet. Like, so I think that's the path to growth that macro, like large scale and that consumer side. And am I like, and I'm excited by our chances at being able to do it. Perfect. I think that's uh, that's a great note to end on on the on our optimistic side. And I think uh, you know we'll just keep a close eye on it and um, just see how it goes going forward. Many thanks, uh, Ari. Always great to have you. Yeah, man, this is great. Perfect.